0: Hello and welcome to another Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Kaw, and in this week's show I'm joined by Michael Gannon and Gordon Parts. How are you guys?
1: Good, thank you. Yourself?
0: Good, thanks. Hey, get, looking forward to it. Uh, the only place for us to start this week is perhaps some white smoke we've been waiting for in the uh, in the Eddie Howe to Celtic. Um, it's kind of became the, the saga I was going to say the summer, but it's not even the summer yet. Um, is his arrival imminent? Does it look like we're finally going to get some news this week, perhaps, on his potential arrival?
1: Imminent? Mean, oh, well, I don't know about that. Um, I think it is fairly... I don't think it just changed an awful lot, really. I think I think the idea how he still was and is, is, is the man, and it's a case of tying up the loose ends, I think, um, and getting over the line. So whether that's now, it's not going to come in and take charge into the summer anyway. So it's a case of getting those final details ironed out and an instant So when that happens, we're down to the negotiations and the finer points of the details, that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be a matter of time, but when that'll be, we don't know as yet.
2: You've got to, I mean, Dominic Mackay, only been in the door a week and a half. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to find his feet settle down and assess things, but with the Eddie Howe situation, nobody knows his own personal situation that, you know, there's this urgency to get him in, of course there is, because there's so much work to be done. But it has to be on his terms, uh, as you say, finalising backroom staff, finalising what kind of remit, what kind of budget, these are all things that are lengthy processes. But he has his own uh, agenda, He's got his own timeline, uh, it will be very much on Eddie Howe's terms anyway. If he's prepared to come to Glasgow, and who knows?
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot going on. Not, it's not just any how. There's people involved as well who are still in jobs. who will get contracts to see you out. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts uh, as part of this as well. So there is quite a lot to sort out. Um, and the season, I mean, those games to be played, but for all intents and purposes, the, the season is finished anyway. So it's a case of this is going on the background. Um, and it's, it's just a case of it in the door and get started for real
0: you you both kind of touched on it there that I think a lot of the the focus around Eddie Howe has been on his background team and who'd want to bring with him um, there's been a lot of talk about Richard Hughes I even saw the name Mark Butchell kind of thrown about today as a potential um, maybe as a, a scout in his recruitment team where, where do you think um, this kind of leaves or would leave John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan what, what's their sort of future at Celtic look like? Interesting yeah um...
2: My own belief is that John Kennedy, his coaching ability is of, of such high regard within Celtic that there will be a place for him. Gavin Strachan, maybe not so much. I think uh, he hasn't been sold to the Celtic fans. They'll be wanting to take as many bodies as possible to make up for the catastrophe of the of this season. they will have to be heads rolling and Gavin Strachan could be one. But Kennedy's appears to me as if he's under the bricks at Celtic. I know that a lot of Celtic fans don't want to hear that, but... I believe that there's a there's a coach there, there's a coach that's that's regarded as somebody that can progress. And I think certainly the discussions that Dominic McKay will have with Eddie Howe, if it is Eddie Howe, will be to make sure that he's implemented into that backroom team.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree part, part, I think um listen, I think I think John Kennedy, anyone you speak to, they all speak very highly of him as a coach. And I think that there, there, there probably should be a role from at Parkhead in some capacity. Um I also think maybe for, for John's own sake as well, that it might be best to go and, and get a job as a manager somewhere. I think John Kennedy will be a manager.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, whether it's not like, I don't know. But I think he will be a manager in his own right at some point. And maybe may this is the time to do it.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah. there's, also, there's also a fact that there's a bit of continuity. The problem with bringing, bringing Eddie Howe into Scottish football is he needs... To have people that can identify issues, that can give them knowledge, that's got local kind of uh, information, that knows the set up, that knows the a club. You can't just have this kind of washout. It's been a bad season, wash the whole thing out. There's a role there because Kennedy can be that kind of link man. Very important because how many times have we seen people arriving within Scottish football that have got the kind of, uh, or they tick all the kind of boxes, but just don't have the local knowledge. It's a key ingredient, and I think Kennedy provides that.
1: At the same time, perhaps you know yourself. There's also a lot of suspicion in football as well, and sometimes guys coming in think if someone's on the books that maybe was caretaker manager and was, is designs and being a manager one day. Sometimes think, well, that guy's going to plot by my back for my job. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes they want their, they want a clean slate so they can be their own people, so that, to avoid that kind of feeling. But in saying that, I don't think John Kenny is that kind of a guy. I think he's shown over the years that he's loyal to the the, the club first and foremost. And I don't think he would be kind like of guy to plot behind his back and try to. And, um, Nibble away, trying the job off him. At some point, I don't think that kind of guy. Um, so I think I think he's worth keeping on the books in some capacity. But again, I think it's it's time for him to get the manager. But then it depends on what opportunities come up. But something will come up, and there'll be a phone call. He'll get probably in the next six months about a job, and I think it's maybe time we go and take it and see how it goes on. But
0: I think uh, I think you, you touched on it there, Gordon. That um, the kind of uh, it almost feels like there's been a bit of pushback from the Celtic fans towards John Kennedy. He's taken a wee bit of stick, maybe, just as everyone I think can a link with Celtic has after such a underwhelming season. Um personally I think it would be a big mistake for Celtic to get rid of John Kennedy, you know, to, to kinda uh, be like throwing the baby out of the bathwater, you know, they've almost groomed him for the best part of a decade, um, to be this coach. And Michael, you might you might hit the nail on the head. Maybe it is time for him to go out and 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 take on a job um, maybe elsewhere in the premiership. Who knows?
1: It's a bit unfair. I think to, I think that some of the criticism labelled that uh, joins a bit unfair because I there wasn't. The, I, didn't, I didn't see the people saying that when uh, when Celtic were invincible and quadruple trebles and all that stuff. Which, by the way, and it's getting more and more obvious how big an achievement that actually was. Yeah. when You see the kind of problems across the Rangers in the cups in recent years. So, but no one ever said a great part of the success story was the fact that John Kennedy was there. So he didn't get the credit for the good times, but he gets battered for the bad season. So I think yeah. it's a bit harsh. Uh,
2: yeah. there's a vilification at the moment with Celtic fans because they, yeah. but the thing is it's the recruitment policy at Celtic it's a player that's been brought in it's the players that uh, Kennedy and Lennon had to what, many of them thrust upon them that have failed at Celtic the new recruits are the ones that have uh, fallen short and John Kennedy has had to work with what he's been given the manager in his own right if tell,
1: them, part, say, look, look who's played in the last four or five weeks look at who hasn't played I should say yeah. Shane Duffy not played. Albin Yeti not played. Patrick Comala, has name left, not played. Diego Laxalt very rarely played until Taylor was injured. So the guys at the loan signings and the signings, like Barcast hasn't played. So all you, as you touched on, the guys that were were given to the that that that, um, that team have been gone. So that says it all, doesn't it? Really.
2: Well, the the, the recruitment itself it's been done by a blindfold on, and that's the reason why they are in the position they're in. And it's inexplicable that you could have hit, throw so much at the wall and fail so badly. It's that's been the real key issue at Celtic. The quality that's been brought in is actually diminished the team. And you're right, Kennedy's uh, reaction since he took charge to wash that away and go with the tried and trusted, the dependables, has been telling.
0: Yeah. Um, if you know some of the reports today are accurate, and that Eddie Howe is at least closer to becoming the Celtic manager. Um, what will will his first issues of business be? Um, obviously, transfer targets. What you know, what areas do you think he needs to improve most? You almost looks like, as you kind of did there, Mike, we can go through the whole team and almost pick out you know, three, four, five positions that really need strengthened.
1: Keep going, keep going. (laughs) I think you've been quite conservative with three, five. I mean, you're looking for the team now for next season, and you'll probably need. A goalkeeper, another right back, definitely maybe two right backs, at least probably two center and a halves, a left back, at least one. Yeah. Uh, two wide players put up, perhaps, a striker, and um, central midfield player. <laughs> so we're now up to seven and eight. <laughs> First team starters. Uh, I think it's I think it's more the case of what's he gonna start with, what's he got what's he got left I mean, what's to come in? Um it's a huge, huge rebuild.
2: Required. Uh, t- Daniel, Eddie Howe will already know he'll have a list, he'll be putting things together. If it is so advanced that we're kind of beginning to hear that his that uh, arrivals, arrival is imminent, he'll already have his recruitment plan. He'll have the contact base. One of the one of the beauties of the environment that he's coming from is he, he knows he's enough. he's operating in a field of quality. I think it's a budget to go and recruit the way that he wants. Michael's right, it's across the board. You need to, the surgery requires extensive, but he will be able to pull from a talent pool, which will be a huge asset to Celtic, rather than having hit or miss targets the way it's been for Celtic over the last couple of seasons.
1: Right, well, I think he's in for a bit of a fright, um, Gordon. I, mean, I, I think, because um, the market, I mean, his last wage bill at Bournemouth, in his final season at Bournemouth, the wage bill was £108 million a year. Oh. That's not the same market that Celtic have be mixing in. I mean, Celtic's got the biggest wage bill in Scotland. But it's a fifty odd million pounds. So it's half the wage bill. He had it, had at Bournemouth. Yeah. So if you're talking about buying seven seven first team players for Celtic, you haven't to buy them. What are you having to pay for that? You could, even if it's three million pound a signing, that's twenty odd million pound right away. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's, so you may have to wheel and deal. So it, I understand the kind of um, the recruitment position. I mean, also talk about uh, Richard Hughes, it's such a key position because you needs so many players. And he's going to have a budget. He, listen, he'll get money to spend, but he needs a lot of it. Uh, and he used to use it really, really wisely. He's probably needs to wheel and deal like he hasn't done since he was in the Championship with Bournemouth.
2: It's uh, not a wholesale issue, though. Celtic, let's not forget, there is a kind of uh, gut reaction to look as if the whole thing's demolished. It's not. There's still a lot of key assets at Celtic, and that tends to be forgotten. He's coming in, and he's still got players there that are a cut above the rest.
1: Who's going to be there? Uh, Who? Who'll be there,
2: Patsy? Well, you've got Callum McGregor. You've got a guy that you can that you, that you can build a team round, in, David David Turnbull. You've got the, you've, you've got guys that you know you are get a job from, like uh, Forrest. You have get Greg Taylor going, maybe fill a gap at left hand side. You've got some kind of personnel there that you can build things around.
1: That's four players. You've named the Patsy. parts of the rest. I, I could go oh, on. What's right? oh, to positions, I mean, the, the likely scenario is that the, the the Edward goes, Ayer goes, um, question marks. Ryan Christie's contract situation is still not being resolved. Chances are he'll be looking to go as well. Um, big 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 changes. And that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of key players. Um, I mentioned Christopher Julian's out probably longer term, later in the year as well. So it's a lot. Of work. I mean, that, it's a mammoth job here. It's, it's maybe a job that's going to take two, three windows
0: to get right. Never mind the first window. I mean, just on that, I saw that Alan Stubbs the other day mentioned that for his money, this could be the biggest rebuild in Celtic's history. And when he put it like that, I thought that seemed a bit dramatic, but laying it out like this, it's... Well, it's hysterical talk, that
2: kind of stuff. I, don't, I think it's, that's a Glasgow thing. It's a West of Scotland kind of... Uh, one team wins the title, the other one doesn't. The panic button gets hit, so it's a catastrophe. It's not been great. But to talk about that kind of um, biggest rebuild in history, it's, it's a good headline, but it doesn't reflect the reality of
1: it. I don't agree, but I think it is. Yeah. Uh, well, not history, because I, I don't want around for a bit of it. <laughs> you know, I don't know how the great rebuild of 1926 went. <laughs> um, but in terms of, well, Stubbs' era, 97, when Janssen came in, that was a big rebuild. Um, that was, well, Henrik Larson, Craig Burley, Paul Lambert, Mark Reaper. But he also, had Stubbs, Boyd, Donnelly, O'Donnell, these guys. So, it maybe it wasn't quite as big, a big rebuild, but maybe not. Darn Jackson came in that you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Neal's rebuild wasn't that. Uh, Martin Neal was also revolutionary guess, at that time, but he had Larson, Miravchek, he had Stubbs, he had uh, Mialby, he had Petrov. These guys, he added Sutton, Thompson, Lennon, Hartson, the other ones he brought in. Um, so that was a big rebuild. But this one, i not going to say, it's, it's talking seven or eight first-team players to start for next season. Um, so it's arguably as big as, as as 97, perhaps bigger.
2: Yeah, I think the bigger problem is the chemistry at the football club is a problem, an attitude issue. Um, there's clearly a massive kind of atmospheric problem that's healthy. That the application hasn't been good enough. That's a more important thing. I know that those key players are leaving and I know they have to bring in and spend. But if it is, anyhow, it has to completely transform the mindset because something, sometimes thinks it's Celtic Park just now and it needs to be cleared out.
0: Interesting times ahead. Um, I think we should maybe focus on um, a little bit more in the, in the present. And this weekend, it almost feels like we've got one of these every weekend now. We've got another derby match between Celtic and Rangers. or sorry, Rangers and Celtic at Ibrox. Um, I know that obviously on the face of it, there's not a great deal to play for, but Celtic fans won't see it that, well, will they? They'll be wanting to recoup at least a little bit of dignity. I think it's been um, 20 years since Celtic went an entire season without without beating Rangers at least once.
1: Yeah, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? I mean, I don't I, I don't quite go along with this. There's there's no such things. I mean, this whole firm game because this this one is a bit close to this. It gets to one. Um, but I take the point there's always that kind of temporary local bragging like rights at stake. Um, but I don't. I don't think it's a marker for next season or indicator or otherwise. I don't think any of that that applies to this game. I think it'll be interesting to see if Rangers can get through to the end of the season unbeaten. Even then, I think the, their cup kind of um, failures is is diminished their, their achievement a wee bit. Um, so, and in, in terms of Celtic, there isn't much really to To go for to play for apart from giving giving the punters a week or two of of um, rubbing the noses in it for the rival fans when they when they talk to them in the Zoom calls and all that rather, Especially when they go to work, we don't do that anymore.
0: <laughs> um, when
1: they are on, on, the, on the conference calls and, and the WhatsApp groups and all that stuff. Um, so there isn't enough lot to play for. Um, if you have a player on the way out, a Celtic, or if you're a lone player and all that stuff, are you really that bored about that kind of issue? You'd like to think so, but. Who knows? We know how we know how it works. This season has been a, a bit of a well, not a, a total nightmare. And I think a lot of people at Celtic were just waiting to get just you know time to get the season out of the way.
2: Yeah, so. Kennedy, Kennedy could do a favourite, a massive favour, anyhow, uh, by only utilising players that have got a future at Celtic this weekend I think
1: so as well. Yeah, I think so as well.
2: Going, I mean, one of the there's a dearth of. Uh, options coming in from behind itself they've got an academy structure there they've got a whole kind of program that isn't bearing fruit go and give a couple of kids a a chance to go and develop and give eddie how a starter
1: well that's a problem as well a lot, of the, a lot of the young players are out on loan just now as well clubs and it's, it's they can't exactly chuck in a whole raft of them either um but i take your point i think they do need, i don't see the point really in playing the kind of guys that won't be around next year i think it's best just to give a, even a wee taster I mean, I would, I would probably play guys like Cora Hazard again, give him another chance. Uh, obviously, obviously um, Steve Welsh has been playing, but you think Karimoko Dembele, is he worth chucking in for a game? See how he copes in that environment?
2: Why not? It matters not a job. I mean, let's just be honest, it will, we will hype it up and we'll build it up into something that's it's not. It's become a bit of a slog for Rangers. it want the season finished tomorrow. Just go and do something different.
1: Yeah, basically they don't they don't have that many options really to go and I mean look at young players and say, I think half a dozen of the top prospects are all out on loan. Um, guys like uh, Leo Connor, uh, Scott Robertson, these kind of guys, uh, Ross Dune, up at United now as well. So a lot of them are way out on loan. So they don't have that many options really to go and to go and muck about with the team. I think they kind of have to play most of the regular team anyway because there's not really much there else around they can kind of help out just
0: now. We um we've touched on it a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I think this weekend's Celtic lineup could be like, one of these quiz questions in the future. You know, you look back at this old firm lineup and you can't believe how many changes there's been. Um, because the amount of players that it looks like will be leaving or will be playing the last old firm game. I mean, it looks like I mean you, you ran through it, Michael, the, pretty much eight or nine of the Celtic players that could start this game probably won't be there in the summer. Is that fair? Quite
1: possibly, yeah. I mean, um I mean under there's a few under contract, but what would, what would the line be probably? I mean, um I'd imagine it'd be Scott being in goal, but Barkas is in the squad, his future's in doubt as well. Right back Kerry's back on loan, um middle of the park. Well yeah, I suppose you still get Steve Melch by there, but there's not going to be many. Callum McGregor, David Turnbull, Forrest, these guys have been hanging about, but yeah, you're right, probably five or six of these guys won't be around next year, at least.
0: Starters uh, will be probably even less. Just very quickly on on Barkas, I wanted to get your guys' take on that. What, what I, I feel that like Barkas has been stitched up a wee bit in the sense that he's not okay. He hasn't looked great when he's played, but I saw reports this week that he could be heading back to Greece. And for my money, I don't think he's been given a, a particularly you know long run in the team.
2: I think you've got to factor in the fact that whoever's managing Celtic, be it Lennon, be it Kennedy, they're watching on weekend weekend of training and. Yeah, like, that's he hasn't installed confidence in either of them mm-hmm. the fact he's not getting a game given the amount of money they spent spent on them telling as well because um, the games that we've watched him play you have to go and show yourself and he hasn't done anything i can't remember anything significant to kind of hold my hat on him and say signs of promise here another disaster signing another recruitment mistake but you got to look at the daily stuff that he's doing if he was excelling in training he would be playing it's clearly not right
0: no, that's fair. that's fair enough. He's
1: played
2: twenty. He's played twenty three games this season. Um,
1: so I, I take the point that he's not. He's not. But twenty three games is still twenty three games. Not as if he's only played two or three games.
0: To, those, to, that's that's more than I thought. To be honest,
1: yeah, And in those twenty three games, what have we seen that that shows that he's got the tools to be a, a certain goalkeeper? I don't know. Listen, I take I take the point that he's maybe been hard done by in the fact that he's coming in after Fraser Forster, who is... Colossus. I mean, last year it mean, was worth probably ten points in the league. Won a cup single-handedly. Brilliant in Europe. So to go f- to go from that to Barca's was a big, a big, uh, a big drop in quality and presence at the back. Listen, it's hard from the back four was chopped and changed. Well, it wasn't in a back four? It was back three, back four at times. The bodies changed uh, I mean, on a weekly basis at the start of the season. Um, but in saying that, so as a new country during a pandemic, so it's probably hard for me to settle. His family back home. So you got to take all that into account. That's not worked out well for him. But on the pitch, Nick, Nick, he's done Nick, nobody. Else saves
2: saves. It's cop out time when he starts talking about. No, that. That's the only caveat. But I look but back. I you, but he, he spoke about how difficult it was to adjust.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm um, not buying it. He's getting paid a fortune. He's barely made a save. Yeah, the mouth shut and going to I Thought
1: I thought it was a crucial period in the season. I thought he'd be actually culpable for a couple of the goals that were really key goals. I thought the European qualifier at the last minute. Fernsvaros, I thought he was, he was ropey that one. I thought the goal uh, against Rangers at Parkhead, uh, Connor Goldson, uh, the opening goal, thought he was ropey. Yeah. Um,
2: no, I can almost I can uh, almost read his departure stuff when he when he leaves and he's asked about Celtic. It'll be what was me, somebody else's fault. I know, but I just I don't
1: think he doesn't seem to have the presence to be a Celtic goalkeeper. But I think that might be because of who he's following as well. But he's just if he's not he's not settled and he's not doing the goods in the park then.
2: Might be try to cut the losses. Yeah, the Celtic Rangers bought this, this. the best. If look it, see if you, might come, if, if you boil it down, a tale of two keepers. One, exceptional, oh. fantastic. You talk about presence, you talk about leading personality that oozes through, that builds from the back and gets through the entire team, and the complete opposite in Barkas. Yeah,
1: no, I, I can't can't disagree with that. But um, no, I don't think it's if a, a chance. Comes up to get some money back, then it's probably best to take it.
0: One guy that definitely will be heading for the exit door this summer uh, at Celtic Park is Scott Brown. Um, this will be his final derby match in the Celtics midfield. One of the all-time greats to play in this sort of fixture. It's hard to look at
2: anybody that's been such a pivotal presence, dynamic, the authority he's had in old, old firm games. He's carved out iconic status in the Celtic Rangers games. It's been an astonishing kind of... The will that he takes on and the will that he has on these kind of fixtures, it's been extraordinary. It's hard to think of many players that have had been had more uh, impact in Celtic Rangers game, Mick. Can you think of many?
1: Certainly not now. Um in recent kind of 20, 30 years, that's for sure. Um I mean he has just been a giant for Celtic. I mean you look at hes I mean, his place in Celtic history is is, is secured. He's one, he's one of the all-time greats. Um, and I think a lot of people remember the, the old firm games in particular. I think they kind of spell under under Brendan Rodgers. Rodgers came in. Was was even talk at that time of, of Brown being on the way in and his career kind of under Ronnie Dyla, There was a, a few instances, and it looked as always it's was out a wee bit. But he get revitalised under, under 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 Rodgers. He's a real linchpin And that kind of period. I think it was was there about eleven or twelve old firm games when Celtic just threw Rangers about the place. I mean, the absolutely Clattered Rangers weekend every time they faced them. He strode senior, senior it through these games with a big smile on his face and he absolutely bossed it. That that being especially remembered as being uh, he absolutely owned the fixture completely.
2: See that when you're talking about bossing the fixtures and your mind's eye, you look at when the when the fans were packed hybrids. The guy led his team onto the pitch and he had such a kind of authority. And authority he had on the on the game itself. He had it was to his will. The whole thing bent and that was a massive factor in Celtic's dominance it was a psychological thing and Rangers fans will acknowledge that many of them the fact that he had the kind of vex on them
1: well the, the Rangers fans wouldn't didn't you see him on the side they didn't want to face him because he knew his presence in these games was all consuming and mm-hmm. um, when you look at contrast back to the old kind of Joey Barton time and all that stuff and you look at the contrast when Scott Brown was in charge of the governor of these fixtures. I mean, you, you look at the, the winding up Morelos and all that stuff, and he's he had that kind of hard, rugged, nasty edge that you need for this fixture. He was made for it, he was made for the old firm fixture, wasn't he? Um, so they've lacked that this year, I think. I mean, I think he's, he's been played obviously, but the, the, they've been a bit too nice at times. Um, and this season, and there's a major, major gulf and void to fill when he does, um, depart. I still can't. I still can't actually quite believe he's going to Aberdeen. I still. It's like I know we've wrote about it, I mean, thousands and thousands of words, but I still can't quite get my head around the fact he's he's going to Aberdeen, you we know, him playing against Celtic next season. It's a if any team going oh, to show a bit of
2: authority it's Aberdeen.
1: It's true. No, I don't. I can understand his reasoning behind it, but I just, I just it'll be strange. it be strange to see to see him going. it's not been the season that they wanted to sign off on. That's for sure. But then again, he... You can guarantee that, you know, Sunday, he will be the one demanding to go out on a, on a high in this fixture. Because, it, it, I mean, but as we said that at Parkhead, and I think a few of our other guys are about to kind of let him down a bit. Um, but I think this, this time he'll be, he'll be going in there determined to kind of um, go out a bang away.
0: You, you touched on it there, Michael, uh, but I think it's worth... Um... Just pointing to the spell in Scott Brown's career, I think when Brendan Rodgers came in, as you said, he was 31, he had knee surgery, I think, not long before it. Rangers had won the Scottish Cup semi-final, and it looked like, I remember at the time, Celtic fans saying, I think Brown's past. it, I think he's kind of passed his best, needs to be moved on. You know, 31-32, to have the best spell in his career, I mean, just speaks volumes, and I, I agree, I think Celtic fans... I think it's going to take a lot to get over Scott Brown. I mean, I don't even know how you go about signing a replacement or even attempting to.
2: Football fans never learn the lesson, though. I mean, look at Davis at Rangers, 36. Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: You can name numerous players that in their vintage years are the, are the best because they're, they're, they're better football players. And a 35, 34, 36, your fitness can be ultimate. It can be at its peak. Can you discipline yourself better? scott brown's been a poster boy for that absolutely how to prove people wrong but it's just the nature of the football fan to try and uh, write off people as quick as they can
1: yeah it does it does happen no parts i mean players get to the end of the you look back on on club legends right uh, you think listen, we do it all the time a couple that at one like you think they've been the club their whole career and that was it but then you look back you go oh they played they played 15 games at altanaki he's played 20 games for Falkirk, they did this danny mcgrain danny mcgrain he left the 20 years when he played the akis and all that stuff and um, jimmy johnson end up Elgin, and all these kind of play. yeah, like players that are, are club legends do sometimes have these little kind of um end of career spells somewhere else but it kind of gets forgotten about in the kind of sands of time look um, at mccoyst mccoyst goes to come out uh, yeah and yeah, tommy burns down there as well um so it does happen but it just will be strange and it will leave a, a
2: huge void Daniel's point, no. Daniel's point's absolutely spot on. I mean, how many times have the conversations been in the pub about Brown? Uh, maybe one under par performance, and he's 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 away to the yard. He's been in the knackers yard for the last six or seven years.
1: Yeah, yeah, he has been. But I I think Ben and Rogers were a big part of that, by the way, as well. I mean, Rogers had two choices when he when he came in. Um, yeah, I take that kind of presence. Um, out the back and put the ball going through him and start afresh, or you get him in the camp and make him your make him your man as well. And that's what he did. He, he flew him down to London, looked him in the eye and said, "Do you want to be part of this?" Um, and he was convinced that, that Brown could be a player for him. And I think the way Rogers utilised them was perfect at that time in his career. I actually think I've mentioned it before in this podcast. I think the way that Neil Lennon used them subsequently, I don't think was right at that time in his career. Um, I think the, the 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 setup and the kind of ways that it played on the Rogers suited Brown but I don't think I think he's going to ask to do things latterly that I think were maybe beyond him at that stage of his career I think it's beyond him three years previously but he excelled in the role that Rodgers gave him uh, but by tweaking that I think they diminished his impact on the games which I think the knock-on effect was certainly a bit of a poor season yeah, that's a, a bit of a poor season
2: you know what I mean a disastrous season it's <laughs> um, a good angle it's a good I angle if looking. Looking that. I don't think it's helped by that if you're looking for some edge for the weekend there's one Scott Brown certainly the last person in the world that wants to walk out of a Celtic Rangers game a loser
1: if you want to make some money I think get, some, get two pounds i him getting booked at some point like that. <laughs> <laughs> is that
0: what you're telling us <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, how do Celtic go about even trying to replace him I mean I imagine you couldn't put a, a financial figure on how much it would cost to sign a player of his ilk of his impact I mean it almost seems as I mentioned almost kind of impossible
1: I don't know. I don't tend. To, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's impossible for that that kind of character that's winning in stockpile and silverware at like that. Cause that that year is now over. Mm-hmm. and We're now into a new period in Scottish football, so it won't be the same. Uh, utter dominance, but there'll be there'll be a player who who comes in. I mean, I think David Turnbull's got a big future at Celtic. Different kind of player, but there'll be someone maybe maybe, maybe not one we expect to be who will come in and become that that presence and probably in the engine room as well. There'll be someone who is. Maybe a surprising kind of face that comes in. and Because and, and, I, I mean, Scott Brown, was a big, big, big money signing. But he wasn't the kind of, no one expected him to be the, the, the force he became at Celtic when he signed. Um, so there, there will be, there'll be someone who emerges to be the next great leader at Celtic. It might be that someone in the books already, it might be Callum McGregor. Um, different character, right enough. Um, but equally successful and equally influential in the dressing room. Um, he might go on to be that kind of guy. We don't know um but there'll be someone listen times move on and fans will, will worship someone else in the future that's how it always works
2: yeah the only certainty is that whoever that individual is that comes in you won't find him in Scotland because he doesn't exist you think so no yeah. who, who is else
1: i don't know i don't know as um you just you just don't know who who emerges especially in that kind of that kind of role sometimes players take a bit longer to develop and and and, and grow into these positions when I look at guys down in England, guys like like Kenny McLean, Aberdeen, good player at Aberdeen, look at him now an absolute linchpin at Norwich. Um, and you see who's gonna be the next guy coming through like that. John McGinn was one didn't quite expect him to be as meteoric as he has been down at Villa. He's uh, he's been the one that the that should have signed a couple of years ago and made him into that person, but they didn't they missed out on that one, uh, which we all know about. Um, but there could be there could be somebody that you maybe not expect that um, even in their own in their own doorstep that could come in. And become that kind of player. It's um that's the way the
0: world. Uh, looking forward to this game, what do you think John Kennedy needs to do in terms of his, his lineup? I know he's kind of hamstrung into you, you've touched on it, Michael, you know he can't really make bring in too many young players, make too many changes. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about width. Does he try and bring in a you know try and make it a bit wider, try and expand the game a little bit? It
1: needs a new game plan because well, I think they did did okay. In the two previous old firm games with the with the kind of um with the formation with the diamond and all the four four two with the diamond. I was concerned I must admit, those two games I thought it looked dangerous against Rangers with the way they play with white players. And um but did okay at Ibrox in the league game and then the league game at Parkhead. The, the cup tie they tried it again a third time and it collapsed. That system just collapsed completely. The Rangers caught white got wise to it and it didn't work. So I think it's back to the back to the drawing board for Celtic. I don't think they can go with that diamond again. I think it leaves them too vulnerable in the wide positions. I mean, you saw what happened to Laxalt at uh, IBEX in the cup game. I mean, it was uh, it got completely tortured um because of the, the formation dictated that, that, that the way it was going to be, there was going to be a, a weakness in these areas. If it didn't go right, and it didn't go right, um Rangers tweaked their formation a wee bit and it caused Celtic a lot of problems. So they, they can't, I don't think they can go in with that that kind of um, that diamond again because I think that's asking for trouble especially now the Rangers have got um, Tavernier back fit um, down that right side I think it's inviting tr- if they go 4-4-2 with that diamond I think they inviting trouble again so they need to come back with a new a new strategy um, that, that that takes Rangers ask them questions because um, the way the cup tie went was the way I thought it was going to go in the previous two games which didn't quite for various reasons um, and this time, I think it's it's a problem for Celtic because um, they have got Rangers have got threats down the flanks, and they can they can they can vary it and go outside or, or inside, and, it, and it's going to cause problems for Celtic's fullbacks, who are not the not the great, greatest defensively. Um, so well, there's issues for them. They need to, John kenny has got to come up with something. Needs to find a plan um, to cope with that, um, and 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 causing Rangers problems at the same time.
2: Yeah, I agree with everything you've said there, Mike. You've got to isolate the problem in the wide area because that was massive. Yeah, that was a real route for Rangers. Yes. You've got to tell John, like, you get take a touch forward and play forward. See if Celtic go and play two up against the Rangers back. back, back like, I'm not convinced about either. I think if you go and press against them. And Celtic created enough chances in the last game to win the game. I think if you go and...
1: They did pass it, but they're also wide open. If you push your fullbacks up to, make, to, to give it. you
2: the win from that diamond... You, you, you can, can still have a formation that... Basically that you can still have that security, but you can go and play with a forward impetus that they never had. Take a touch and play forward. Go and push yourself up against the twin centre-halves that Rangers are, who I believe are vulnerable whenever they're, they're really taking the task. They struggle. You know, go and you're not, it's, 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 there's nothing at stake going to ask some, ask some questions. That was the phrase you used.
1: Yeah, I think Rangers, you know the way Rangers are going to play. I mean, they, may, they make wee tweaks here and there, but you know how they're going to play with their, 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 their 4-3-3, which can become a, a 4-5-1 when they're defending, The full-backs bombing up and all that stuff. You know how they're going to play. I just think if you play that, I, I don't like that. I, I'm not a big fan of that, that, that 4-4-2 diamond situation because I, I don't think it's
2: flexible enough to cope. It's not that it's not flexible enough. There's the personnel that are in providing that kind of...
1: Uh... They play it partially because they don't have the personnel to play any other way. But they've got James Forrest being back, gives them an option. Um I've gone back to kind of yeah you know, kind of four, two, three ones and all that stuff. Um I think that might might be more more or more kind of um realistic way to play against Rangers right now. But um they had to play in that formation because they didn't have the bodies really. They didn't have they didn't have any wide players really. I mean Elonese is playing up top as a kind of second striker in that in that formation. Um but now with Forrest back they can they can play a bit, a bit of width with a bit of security at the back as well. So I think that's maybe the way to go. Um, their hand is forced. I and mean, that's the reason why they played 3-5-2 well in the season as well, which is the reason why they had to go to this 4-4-2 diamond because it didn't have the players to play these, in this, these other positions. Um, which gets back to what we were saying right at the start. The equipment wasn't right. There didn't have enough wide players in the, the squad. There wasn't a balance in the squad back then. Um, so they're kind of, their hand's forced a wee bit, really. It depends on who they've got available that they can play. So the players, that take the formation. But it might be, might be tricky.
0: Just before we wrap up, guys, I'm going to put you in the spot. What's your prediction for Sunday's game? <laughs> only,
1: a, only a fool, only a fool. <laughs> um, listen, I think, I think Rangers have, have kind of dipped since they won the league, and I think they'd have a major done, didn't they, in the, the cup last week? Um, which might make them a wee bit more determined to come out and 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 make a wee bit of a statement, I guess. And I say Celtic look a bit of a kind of rag-tag assortment that's stumbling towards the end of the season. Um, but it might be a kind of last stand. We might see two tired sides just slugging it out one last time, and it might be that it finds up a draw again. Um, I could see that happening as well, um, because it's been a long, a long grueling campaign for everyone for various reasons. And I think it might, might show at the weekend it could be a kind of last-man-standing job. Um, Kind of steal, mate. I think that's that's where I'd be. If I was betting, I'd be betting on a draw.
2: Yeah, you're looking for crumbs of motivation, and it sits with Rangers, doesn't it? I mean, for all it's worth, they've got this record they want to keep up and get and get through and get to the finish line. That could be, that could be enough to motivate them through it, but uh, I think I agree with Mick. Draw
0: well I guess we'll see at the weekend uh, Gordon Michael it's been a pleasure talking to you this afternoon
1: the way, two of the worst tipsters in history by the way so that's <laughs> uh, for anyone listening you can get one point anything but a draw <laughs> I've not a cut up in months well, Willie Hill's best pal sitting here <laughs> uh,
0: no it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys uh, fingers crossed for a good game at the weekend uh, and thanks very much for listening cheers
2: Daniel see you later
0: bye guys